Hey Zed Heads, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Karen. And this is the Walking Dead cast episode 99. 99 podcasts on, up on <laughs> iTunes. 99 podcasts take up on down. iTunes. Why'd you take it down? <laughs> Stop Get taking our there. podcast down. Jerk. <laughs> uh, I want to start off this episode with an email. Kind of like Casey Kasem. I like it. This is from Rayanne, Happy 100. Ran says, hey, Jason and Karen, I wanted to tell you about my experience with the podcast. I was out of work for a long time and going through some personal stuff, which just frankly had me in a really big funk for the last year or so. I found your podcast somewhere around the beginning of season two, I think, and I've just been hooked ever since. Being without a job can be really isolating and depressing, and I can't tell you how much it meant to me to be able to participate in the little community you've created for us fans here. It may sound silly, but with nothing else going on in my life, a lot of times it was the highlight of my week to participate in the live chats and hear you guys read and weigh in on my thoughts on the latest episode. If she's in there right now, I bet she's, I bet people are making fun of her, but don't because I think this is awesome. (laughs) Filling out dozens of resumes a week and getting nowhere, it's easy to start to feel invisible. Your podcast helped remind me that I was still relevant or something, if that makes any sense. Anyway, I recently got a job. Yay. Yay. And so even though I won't be able to be a part of the live chats anymore, oh, maybe she's not in there, I will continue to be a loyal listener and probably still shoot you guys an email from time to time. I just thought you should know how much I appreciate everything you guys are doing, and I hope that at some point in the future our paths will cross at a meetup or somewhere, and I can buy you each a beer or something to show my appreciation. Thanks for everything, Rayanne. Oh, man, Rayanne. That is so cool. (laughs) We'll buy you beer for that. So we've been getting like emails and calls for our 100th coming up. And this was one of my favorite ones, partly because it mirrors my own experience. When we started this podcast, I didn't have a job either. And I was feeling kind of like I was laying around. I watched all of Charles in Charge on Hulu. Wow. Wow. That pretty much says it all, right? So um, then I started doing this and I'm like, hey, this is great. I, you know, I'm making something happen. This fun, putting this together. And, and eventually I got a job, you know, it helped me get some confidence about my life. Oh, that is so nice. <laughs> so anyway, I thought this was really cool. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's I great. love hearing it when, when we make people happy. Yeah. Ran, you're so sweet to send that in. Thanks, yeah. sweetheart. Thank you. And good luck on your job. Yeah. Um, Before I say anything else, I want to remind all you guys about the San Diego event that's coming up with me and the guys from Walker Stalkers. Uh, We're getting things ironed out. So it's Thursday, July 18th at 430. The uh, tickets are going on sale this Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. And you can get those by going to walkingdeadcast.com slash tickets. Um, It's... uh, Oh, you know what? It's actually five. <laughs> so it's Thursday, July 18th, five to seven thirty. It's at the corner, this cool restaurant in, or slash bar in San Diego. We'll have a live podcast stream. We'll have some special guests there. We'll have some awesome giveaways, including that um, uh, pro edition of the, um, what do you call it? The, the pen, live scribe, live scribe, Wi-Fi pen, mm-hmm. smart pen. And um, so it's going to be a blast, and and I'd love to see all you guys out there. I'm so jealous. I wish I, know. I could come. Well, I man. really, really, I, I say this every time, but I want to Skype you yeah. in, and and you'll just it'll be like you're there, but you won't have to clean up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will because I'm going to have to be. I'm going to be on a video Skype. I'll video Skype. No, y'all. I mean not clean up like clean up your oh. looks. I mean, you won't have to help us clean up the bar once we're done. <laughs> 
I was like, no, I'll take That's a shower. No, I'm totally going to put on lipstick. <laughs> Because <laughs> usually you come in here and I'm like, dude, I know this is a audio only, but, but geez. God's sake, clean up, girlfriend. <laughs> clean up. Wash your face or something. Oh, I'll clean up. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll clean up. Anyways, uh, yeah, this is, uh, I'm, I'm excited about this. This is our first big event. So With the Walker Stalker guys. Us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they seem like cool guys, too. Yeah, they're very cool. They're they're fun and they're energetic. And, other? and they're doing all the work on this, by the way. I, I feel lucky to be a part of this. I'm, gonna, I'm learning a lot from these guys. Any other podcasts or just the Walker Stalker guys? Uh, th- just them for now. But I hope to do more events and maybe mm-hmm. with other podcasters, you know, uh, after this one sometime. Was, and there's going to be a t-shirt for it. And I was, it's a big deal. Maybe the Bacosho girls might stop. Yeah. Is what uh, I'm it's saying. for some stuff. Yeah. Not this one. But yeah, that might be cool at some point, too. That's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, okay. So also, I hope that you guys caught our interview with Norman Reedus. Did you? Oh, my God. It was great. You liked it? I did. He was good. I, he I enjoyed really was, him. He was so friendly and nice. Yeah. And I like that you called him out. on more interesting. I like that you called him out on the stink bomb. Yeah, sort of. I was like, that was cool. Even though if you were there, you were like, I was there. I wish you were there. It was very stinky. Too bad you couldn't he do felt, the interview. I know. Jen did a good job. She did a great job. Yeah. She really, really did. But She's you could good. have called him out on the... On the stink bomb? Stink I could, well, all I would have said was, uh, yeah, that was really stinky. He was actually, he was genuinely contrite about that. Yeah, he was like, man, that smelled worse than I thought. Yeah. Which is like, if it would have only smelled sort of bad, it would have been okay. But anyway, if you didn't hear it, here's a clip. I'm just kind of a I'm just kind of a dork, I think. That was pretty much the whole. <laughs> he seemed <laughs> really self-effacing no, and great. This is my favorite clip. I'm gonna marry all of them, all the men, all the women. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna marry all of us. That's right, me included. Like a giant stadium, us and Norman I kept Reedus. tweeting that out. Reed says he's going to marry us all. <laughs> and I knew every, it got retweeted like crazy. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> happy about that. Be nice. Uh, we got another special guest today. It's Nick Gomez, who played Tomas in the first few episodes of S3, season three, until he got axed in the head. <laughs> Macheted in the head. Yeah. Which is his, I mean, that's what I remember when I think of Tomas, that one scene, Chomp. Yeah, I know, right? Totally going to ask him about. Oh, I can't wait. So on that note, we'll be right back with Nick. Nick. Hello. Hey, how you doing? I'm good, Brian. What's going on? (laughs) Not much. This is Jason. And this is Karen. Hello, Jason and Karen. And we're Jason and Karen. <laughs> Hello, I'm Nick. Hi, Nick. Nick, thanks so much for coming on. We're glad to have you. Thank you, Nick. Sure. Pleasure. Um, about how much time do you have? Yeah, well, I do. Oh, no, I forgot. I do actually have to go to the airport in about an hour or so. But we have Flying somewhere? No, I'm going to pick up my brother. Make him take a taxi. <laughs> right. God. Any other city, though, L.A. is so such a sprawling mass of concrete. You're like... Everything's so far away. Right. Exactly. Taxi. <laughs> like $100. It'd be like $100. <laughs> it's worth it. You're a big actor. You now. and your brother get along? Yeah, we're very close, actually. Um, we've always been close, and we're, we're roommates, and he moved out oh, wow. to L.A. with me. Oh, cool. Aww. So you guys both, uh, he's making, trying to make it as an actor? No, no. He's a stunt guy, actually. Oh. He's actually been my stunt double before. Oh, oh nice. He is. He was in the Navy, and then he was a, a stunt man in Paris at a like this Wild West stunt show at Euro Disney for a while. And now wow. he's using his GI Bill to go to the New York Film Academy here, and they have one in Los Angeles. 
I hope this isn't too weird, but I'm actually kind of curious. Like, do you know how, like, how he got started in that? And if he, when you guys were kids, was he pulling stunts and stuff? Well, we both were. Okay. Uh, but he literally, no pun intended, like fell into stunts. <laughs> Seriously, he was. Go- it's a funny story. He was going to um, see a girlfriend of his in Jersey for one summer just to go kind of hang out with her and she was going to get him a job just kind of like me maybe being a technician behind the scenes or something uh at six flags in jersey where she was working as a magician's assistant for a show and the day he got there the guy who played batman in the in the big giant batman show fell and hurt his back Mm. and they needed a guy instantly that was six feet tall and knew martial arts and my brother's like six two and had done a lot of martial art uh, fighting before and so they were like, okay, done. So they just grabbed him as soon as he got off the train. And next thing he knew, he was performing for like 5,000 people in the Batman show. And that's wow. just kind of how it started. Wow. Were, did that inspire you at all? Um, well, it inspired me to make him my stuntman. <laughs> <laughs> what, what has he done uh, stunt work on exactly? Uh, well, he did that show in, in Jersey. Then he did this show in Paris. Uh, and then he's done. He was my stunt double for Looper. He did a lot of stunts for the, the vampire, Abra- uh, the Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Oh, cool. Movie. He was uh, he was he did stunts for uh, the movie Brothers with Tobey Maguire and uh, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Right, right, right. Well, let's move on to your own stunts. <laughs> I um, When I think of Tomas, can you guess what is most prominent in my mind? Uh, my head being split in half. Yeah. Yes. My, yes. My mother's, my mother's favorite scene. Aww, <laughs> what did she say sweet. about it? <laughs> yeah, my mother. I didn't warn her about that. Oh, wow. <laughs> she hates that. Every time yeah. I get a role, the, that's the first thing she ever asks me. She's like, do you do you live? <laughs> and I always say the same thing. Well, for, for, for a little bit, Mom. <laughs> for a little bit. Just put it dying, you know? I don't know what it is. Did she think one way or the other about you playing kind of a bad guy? Does she care about that? Well, I mean, she has... It is kind of on par for me. Uh Um, She has seen me be uh, some rather despicable characters before. But she really really is hoping... She's like, Nick, when are you going to get like a nice romantic kind of... You know, funny comedy role. Mm-hmm. You know, when are you going to stop being such a <laughs> such a jerk? <laughs> so you could be more the sweetheart that she knows. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Um, <laughs> but I want to hear it. So I'm sure you are asked this all the time, but I just want to know what what it was like to film that. The machete in the head? Yeah, yeah. You know, well, a, a lot of that stuff, especially on TV, it kind of goes so quickly. There's not a lot of pre-production and planning and I don't really know what's happening until like we're on set and there's yelling action and uh yeah stand over here stand over here like (laughs) right right here we go and then uh you know what let's just shoot the rehearsal and then next Mm -hmm. thing I know Andrew Lincoln is like swinging this real looking machete I don't know if it's real or not and they're swinging it like right at my head (laughs) like barely missing my my right ear and you know we're you know you just go with it you know you just Mm -hmm. you kind of roll with it uh, but they did uh, the day before they had pulled me aside and fitted me. They formed a machete to my head. Okay. Um, so I knew that that was going to play. There was like this machete that kind of went over my head and fit my head perfectly. And there was a tube of blood on one side that, you know, on at this time that it was needed would squirt blood out mm-hmm. of one side. Um, but all that stuff is always so technical, you know. So 
like I was really excited to like fight all the zombies, you know, but that stuff is just so technical that it's not as fun as you would think mm-hmm. because you have to be so careful with, you know, because they're real people that you're swinging at. Did you get to keep your head machete? No. <laughs> Shoot. You know, I should have. It's not going to fit anyone else. I should have. Yes, I, I agree. They probably have that somewhere. I really hope they do. <laughs> They're looking for the right shaped head for it. <laughs> like, this must fit somebody. Um, so, so when you were being fitted for this machete, I assume at that point you knew you knew what was going to happen already, right? Well, yeah. Um, yeah. I got the script, uh, the, the well, the first day we started filming. Okay. They gave me the whole script. Oh, okay. Um, which was a surprise to me. Because I thought I was, I thought I was a different character. I forget the name of the character that I thought I was playing, but the role that I auditioned for didn't even exist. Apparently, okay, interesting. Because, you know, because they're always Secrets. so they're they're so tight lipped about the show, they're not going to just hold auditions for a real legit character with the real scenes and give those script pages out to just anybody that might actually be in the show. So the role that I auditioned for that I thought that I was doing that I then rehearsed for, you know, a good solid week before I got there and had all my lines memorized and was completely ready to go and do this, you know, these three scenes that they, that didn't exist at all. (laughs) So I got feeling really prepared and uh, then they pulled me aside and they told me that what, you know, I, I knew absolutely nothing. And that uh, here was the script, and you're Tomas, and you have an hour to go read it. And I was like, okay. Wow. So, what just, you know, what was basically the role that you were all prepared for? You know, I don't remember his name, but it was. What kind of a guy? Though? It was akin to, I mean, it was comparable, I guess, a little bit to Tomas. It was, it was a scene where we were playing poker, and I was really just giving shit to one of the other prisoners and just, you know, very Tomas esque. Okay. Uh, but it was just a fake scene got with it. a different character name. Um, so then when you finally, you know, you got the script, you got the script for all three episodes that you were in? Yeah, uh, yes. Well, the first one was just that one little thing, you know. Right. right. At the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. We were just at the end, which was an easy day for me. <laughs> um, when Herschel's leg gets amputated. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that was a, yeah, that was an easy day, and you know, I love that one. You know, you come in and your first day is that kind of easy, and you get to meet everybody. It's a, a nice, smooth transition. Mm. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was an intense scene. To I know. Walk. Yeah. And that was my very first introduction to all of them as yes. actors and as people. Uh-huh. And I had we haven't even I hadn't actually even met them yet, okay. and they're all of a sudden busting through the door, and that whole scene <laughs> happens. And so when you see the reaction on our faces. Of like, holy shit! It's really like, holy shit! I mean, it was that was intense. Oh, you know? that's cool. Yeah, that was a great scene. It was, it was. It's so weird to find yourself kind of laughing at something like that, but it was actually pretty funny. Yeah, you we see liked these it. Hardened criminals going, oh, right. what? Right. Shit. No, what just happened? <laughs> yeah. An so, accident. Holy shit! No, no. In, in my in my opinion, uh, Tomas handled uh ended his his sad little arc you know he, he kind of made some bad choices there going after rick i so, think that's i think that's pretty much what his whole life yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think so too so how would you have handled the situation different than tomas did well probably completely opposite <laughs> that's probably <laughs> like, good whatever he did i would have done the absolute opposite <laughs> i'm much more of a people person than Tomas is well because somebody like Tomas is just so afraid of people thinking that he's afraid mm-hmm. that he 
the only thing he knows how to do is try to make people scared of him, even though he's probably scared himself. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't, he just doesn't, he lacks com- people skills whatsoever, oh. you know, because he just grew up in an environment where you weren't supposed to be nice. Maybe he just needed a hug. Yeah, he did. <laughs> you know, I mean, he was just really, people are like, oh, he's so bad. I'm like, oh, well, you know, it's my job as an actor to really kind of understand who he is and why he is that way. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons I like playing characters like that because. It's my job to kind of figure out, you know, I mean, he was somebody's son. He was somebody's brother. And that's right. He just, certain environments and certain, plate, you know, things happened to him. And he felt like he had no other choice but to be that way. Mm-hmm. And um, he probably thought, yeah, he had to do that to survive, right? Yep. You know, because where he's from, the one thing that scares him the most is if people think that he's scared. Because that's a weakness. People take advantage of him. People think he's weak. They're going to hurt him. Uh, and that's just something that you don't let happen. So you have this mask, this bravado that you carry around with you to beat that down. And so, and now you're talking about, you know, he's in prison and he's, you know, he doesn't know what's going on. And then these guys come in, they're chopping off legs. They're talking about zombie. We didn't know what was happening. And then, you know, they're telling us that like the whole world is like, you know, gone crazy. And there's like all these zombies and they're trying to, they're really in control. We don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Big tiny gets bit. I'm freaking out on the inside. And so the only way to kind of overcome that is by smashing Big Tiny's head completely <laughs> into the concrete Aww. over and over like an, a maniac because he just that's the only way he knows how to react. You know, now that you mentioned that, thinking back, I think I did. I do remember noticing that you played that with there's fear under the surface. I could see the nervousness there under the bravado. Yeah, you know, because he's not really like he's you know he's. He's a bad guy, but he's not like the cool bad guy, you know, that like sort of the reluctant hero. He's a bad guy because he just he lacks any kind of conviction and just bravery and any kind of courage. He he, he was really just scared and just a bully. And that was his only defense, mm-hmm. uh, you know, was to be a, be a bully. Have you been watching since? Are you a fan now? Oh, I mean, I, this is, I was always a big fan of the show. Oh. Um, I was a fan of, I, I mean, when I found out I had an audition for the show, I freaked out. I was so excited. When I found out I booked awesome. it, I was over the moon. Uh, <laughs> but two things. One, I've been moving and I've had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I haven't even had TV for a couple of months. Um, so I've kind of been lacking on the, the recent shows. I've been kind of getting pieces here and there. But then there's also this thing and it's kind of, it kind of sucks a little bit. But I was such a huge fan of the show. But then once you do it and you're behind the scenes, it really you, you do lose a little bit of that mystique, that the magic of it. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, Karen it becomes... and I were both uh, zombies, by the way. We were oh, really? extras. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What this season? Yeah, yeah, in the finale. Yeah, it was great. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you know, what, Karen, did, you did one day, right? Yeah, I did one and day. I did three days, so really short, but. Uh, uh, I was also in the season two season two finale, so yeah, I d- you definitely like the zombies. Now, when I look at them, I see people guys in makeup, yeah. <laughs> right? No, because it really crashes that world. You know, I mean, yeah. you, that now you see it, and it, I mean, the, the makeup is amazing, and what yes. they're doing oh, yeah. on a day to day basis is incredible. Uh, yep, I mean, just being in that prison because the prison was so realistic. I mean, it's really a legitimate set, you know? I mean, it's not just these flimsy little walls. It feels like a prison. 
It was dark. It was dusty. It was dank. And then all of a sudden there was these incredibly realistic looking zombies popping out. You know, it wasn't a lot of acting, really. I mean, I was there was parts where I was like, it was a little scary. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I when when we had a lunch break and I was in my full zombie makeup and I, you know, ambled on into the lunchroom. Uh, nobody really wanted to make eye contact with me. I, I was full on, <laughs> full on scary zombie looking and, and everybody was like, Ooh, stay away from that chick. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I remember going into that little lunch room, you know, where everybody has lunch mm-hmm. together, which I thought was great, by the way, that doesn't always happen. Oh, that's good to know. You know, we're like cast and crew and extras and everybody kind of eat in the same room. Yeah. That was great. Like I remember first coming in before I'd really met anybody and, uh, with my tray of food and just. You know, there was all these zombies bleeding from the face. And, <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to go sit with them. Because <laughs> I uh-huh. am hungry and I do want to f- finish my food. Uh, but then Andrew Lincoln stood up. He was way in the corner where they eat over there. And he stood up and he was like, hey, man, come sit or come over here. Uh, and I was nice. I was like, oh, that's awesome, man. Thank you. And he came, I came over. He gave me a big hug. He was Aww. very welcoming and just such a nice guy and very just generous and, and warm hearted and yeah, um, he's a good guy. Yeah, sure. which makes that show to work on so great because it really starts with him yeah. and his just 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 so egoless and you know the the first time we we actually were working together was that scene where they chopped off Herschel's leg and he came up to us after they had just done the scene over and over and over and over again. <laughs> this very physical scene, emotionally demanding scene. They did it so many times and then they turned the camera around on us just for that one quick little reaction. Yeah, just that one quick little thing. Uh-huh. And you just have to be like, "Oh my god!" And he says, "Holy shit!" That's it. <laughs> and, so, and so Andrew Lincoln, he came over and he said, "Guys, you know, like, w- do you want us? We, w- you want us to go ahead and just do the whole scene so you can, you know, really kind of react to it." Mm-hmm. And I'm basically, we just have to look like, "Fuck," you know. Totally. <laughs> I mean, it's not, you know. I mean, I can draw that up, you know. But we were like, "No, we we don't want you guys to have to do that. We don't want Scott Wilson to have to get on the ground every time." And and uh, Andrew said, no, 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 it's 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 his idea, actually. And we totally will do it for you guys if, you know, just if you guys want that. Wow. And we're like, that's great. That's, well, OK, sure. Yeah. And they did it. And they did it every single time. Yeah. They weren't on camera. And they nice. went 110 percent wow. every single time. And so I was really just amazed that they were doing that. So my reaction was just more of like, holy shit, I can't believe that they're really going all out every time. Like it was blowing my mind. <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, yeah. Holy shit. Nick, uh, before we wrap up, do you, do you, I'm curious, what else are you doing? Is there anything you want to let people know about? Um, sure. Well, uh, I think Dexter starts, um, June. Oh, I didn't realize you yeah. were doing that. That is so mm-hmm. cool. I saw oh, that. That is so cool. Oh my god, it's so awesome. <laughs> I mean, seriously, season. I love that show. That was another show that I really loved. Mm-hmm. And also Michael C. Hall, I, I'd loved since uh, Six Feet Under. Totally. Yeah. So, and one of my main episodes, he directed for the first time. Wow. Oh, one of the episodes, cool. and would talk about like him and Andrew Lincoln. I mean, just such great people to work with and he michael z hall was also just very warm and approachable and um you know obviously a great actor's director and mm-hmm. but i loved the show i loved my character on that show um that's so not the man. nicest guy in the world i was playing again <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you were also recently in looper 
Yeah, I did Looper, uh, and that came out, I guess, last year, and um, that was a lot of fun. That was a great project to work on. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is a really awesome guy. Paul Dano is super sweet. Uh, and Ryan Johnson, the director, I'm so happy for him because he's really just an original thinker um, and do, doing very, that did very well. That was a cool. That was a cool project to work on. I had, I had some yeah, telekinesis powers in that one. Yep. Yep. That's good. Um, uh, are you? Do you feel like you and the other prison guys are kind of a little uh, group? Do you go around and do appearances? You know, I we haven't. I know that we're getting together in May for some conventions. Oh, there's cool. One, there's one in Dallas uh, that we're doing. Uh, Spooky Empire, I think it's called, in <laughs> Dallas. And then there's one in Orlando that we're all getting together for. Um, uh, Fright, no, Spooky Empire's in Orlando. Frightmare or something is in Dallas. And then there's one in Philly that we're doing. So we're all going to kind of be together. I haven't seen a lot of the Theo Crane, who played uh, Big Tiny. We were friends in New Orleans before. <laughs> okay. Um, and we're still obviously friends. And Lou Temple, Axel, he actually lives near me here. And we've gotten together a few times. Nice. Okay. So so help me out here. Axel, I'm I'm kind of, um, I'm, I'm, I love him. And I, I loved him before, of course, he, he died. But um, other people are creeped out by him. What do you think? Adorable or creepy? Oh, super adorable. I mean, come on, that mustache. <laughs> <laughs> right? Which gets more, more fan pages, I think, than he, than he does as an actor himself, that mustache. <laughs> his mustache has fan pages. I love I think it. Has, I think he has, his, his mustache has more followers on Twitter than he does. Than he does. <laughs> yeah. There's a huge blogs and conversations going on. And I think, that, well, the man himself is really just a super solid guy. Yeah. He uh, seems like But the guy. actor, you know, I think I, uh, the character, I think, was a... Uh, you know, a sweet level of a guy. He was just, you know, he got in trouble for some breaking and entering. He wasn't really, a, he wasn't a killer. He was, you know, he just made some bad choices, but he was a, a decent fella. It had been locked up for a long time, and you can't help it if a, a guy, you know, is trying to get some action. <laughs> he thought I was a lesbian. You know? I mean, I can't fault him for that. You know? His only crime was not being an established enough character when they needed somebody to kill. <laughs> we were like the, we were like the guys in Star Trek with the red shirt. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> okay. Oh, I also, oh, wait, wait, this one, wait, wait, wait. Uh, Before you leave, we have one oh, rule. That's right. I forgot. And the rule is you have to make a zo- you have to make a zombie sound. A zombie sound. Uh huh. This is what I always wanted. I was really telling the producers that like I really thought, but because I was going through a bargaining phase, I didn't want to accept the fact that Tomas was gone. So I was like, you know, maybe like, you know, he comes back as a zombie and he has a vendetta. I get he's the only zombie who has a vendetta. And like, so there's just this, the zombie walking around with machete in his head. And he's like, Rick. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, that's brilliant. That's probably like, one of the better zombie no. sounds we've gotten. Rick. <laughs> that's awesome. That's great, man. Okay. Well, thanks again, dude. Thanks, Thanks, Nick. Guys. Well, I'll see you in San Diego, hopefully. Uh, hopefully. Great. All Take right. care. Right. Take care, man. Bye. 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 That was oh cool. Oh, my God. I love that guy. <laughs> nice uh, guy. Before we um, hey, go to the next thing, I just wanted to thank Leanne Wyatt for setting up that interview with Nick Gomez. Thank you, Leanne. That was very cool. Uh, okay. Let's move on to our regularly scheduled program. Attention, shoppers. Deadcast Top 5 in 5 Four, three, two. Rick. <laughs> Rick. Uh, okay, it's Deadcast Top 5. This week it's our Top 5 Highlights for Season 3, Episode 14, Prey. 
Yep. Sucked. Liar. <laughs> Liar. I would say that one. It was an awesome episode. Yeah, wasn't it? One of my favorites. It was right up there with me, too. I give it 4.8 gacks. Ooh, that's high praise. My, I'm telling you. Mine was 4.6943 out of five brains. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it started out good, but then it, about a third of the way in, it was awesome. Once Andrea left. Old school, right? Yeah, it was more like yeah an old school horror movie or um, like. Like, yeah, like Friday the 13th mm-hmm. with zombies or something. Right. <laughs> and sleeping, a little sleeping with the enemy thrown in. Right. Like an 80s horror movie, right. which is fine with me. <laughs> yeah, and mm. they both did it really well, too. Yes, they did. And I'm glad Andrea got her due. So, good good stuff. That she got her due? Well, I, what I mean by that is that not that she got she's going to be tortured, but that she has mm-hmm. an episode where I mean I'll get into it in my top five but it's sort of a redemption I guess it me. is yeah and we can talk about that yeah let's get going you want to go first I will <clears throat> just because I love the name and I really love everything the whole concept um the screamer pits yeah I, I, I like the name too it's yeah. a good name for a bar or something screamer pits or should <laughs> totally be a bar in San Diego comic-con please somebody screamer pit. start that up screamer pits um, yeah, I loved it. I love that we got three visits. It wasn't even like we got short visit to the Screamer Pits. We actually got three distinct visits to the Screamer Pits with um, Tyrese and Sasha. I think there's only one pit, by the way. You keep saying pits. I do say pits. Screamer Pits. <laughs> Screamer Pits. Sorry. Yeah, one pit. I mean, I one only pit. saw one pit. There, there was some corrals. Wasn't there like a, a horse... Um, what do you call that? A transportation carriage? I don't carriage, know what you a call horse, it. Yeah. A horse... Transportation system, whatever. <laughs> anyway, there was that too. Yeah. That was a cage. Let's call that the screamer. Yeah, cage. I liked the scene when uh, Tyrese was holding Alan over the pit. That, mm-hmm. that was pretty intense. You know, if there's a pit, then somebody's going to hold somebody over it. Uh, yeah, you know, and if there's zombies in the pit, it makes it even more. Somebody's exciting. being held over it. It's just going <laughs> to happen. And I love the the mystery person throwing gasoline on the the uh, zombies and then torching them. And, and the and best that part, was, uh, Milton, right? That was probably Milton. And then the best thing, which was our third visit there, the real payoff was the torched zombies. Yep. They were so gruesome and fabulous. In fact, mm-hmm. we had David and I were watching last night, and he's like, "Let's rewind that because that's <laughs> that's pretty awesome." To me, they looked more like the Charlie Adlard zombies than the than usual because he draws often with their. Um, bare teeth exposed and yeah they all look like that and they're so gaunt yeah that, they looked great they did mm-hmm. they really did i they're wonder awesome. if they'd been in the trailer if that if they were the product of um greg nicotero's team it looked like they were um you know dummies to me like animatronic they weren't they were people oh i, I think some of them were so there's three zombie extras so say the talking dead last night oh okay okay who knows if that's actually accurate. but there were more than three zombies in there and there some were, of them there were three, like puppets to me there were there were three live characters in costume and then the rest were um pup, or not puppets but dummies dummies yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we'll call them dummies Horse trailer. I would say that there's a 99.99 chance that the person who torched 
them was Milton. I think that's because of the ending. Oh yeah. It was like, it's Milton. Yeah. And Milton, that was a great ending. It really was. Yeah. That, that for Milton was standing up to the governor. Yes. He said, I hope you find out who did that. And then the governor's like, I already did. And then he just turned Turned around and walked away (laughs) holding his arms close to his body. (laughs) You know, and, and I love Milton in this episode. He's, he's got to be such a weird complicated character that's Dallas Roberts. I mean he he mm-hmm. infuses him with all kinds of weird little nuances. Like maybe he He's great. He is. Maybe he kind of loves the governor. He says to Andrea, "Look, I knew him before he was the governor back when he was just Philip and I still have faith that he can so be a were, good man." Do you mean they were gay lovers? Is that what you're saying? That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. Okay, let me go. Let me go next. Okay. okay. Do it, man. My my number 5 is just kind of Tyrese in general. I thought this was uh uh, we got more Tyrese in this episode than usual. You did. Chock full of Tyrese. I heard Glenn Mazzara say that they didn't keep Tyrese at the prison, uh, partly because then Daryl might have had to take more of a backseat in the storytelling and they couldn't have that. <laughs> oh. Because, you know, Tyrese, uh, you know, probably would have, it would have been about Tyrese's relationship with Rick. And in the comic, Tyrese is kind of like Rick's henchman and at least at points. Yes, and he is. Daryl's like that now. So yeah, his second in command. They decided it would be more interesting, yeah, to move him to Woodbury and see what would happen there. And this was good. I mean, you can tell that he's a good man and uh, that he's sort of suspicious about the governor. But there's some little th- niggling things about him, actually. I mean, I thought it was funny that he tried to make Alan feel all right about whatever happened with Donna, which we don't really know. Don't really know. Yeah. But apparently she was in danger and Tyrese saved Donna. And then Donna kind of got, you know, uh, started following Tyrese around and, and that um, rubbed Alan the wrong way. And, but Tyrese is like, Oh no, you could have helped her. And she knew that. And you know, it's all right. Like he was really trying to protect his feelings and care about him. And then in the very next scene, when uh, Tyrese objects to uh, sicking the zombies on the prison uh-huh. people, and then Alan comes up and says, "Hey, you're not speaking for me. You're not sending my boy out there again. I look out for him." Tyrese goes, "Like you looked out for Donna." It's like that didn't la- that caring didn't last very that didn't long. Last you just very poke long. him the wrong way one time, and then he's like turns on him. It's like, dang. Tyrese is going to be an interesting character because um, it, we'll see what happens when this whole war. Uh, comes to fruition. We'll yeah. see what side he Tyrese comes down on. On the governor's side. No, no way. No. Yeah. I loved. I loved his sister Sasha. Sort of making fun of him, yeah. teasing him for being a, a bad aim. You need practice. Apparently, he's a bad aim in the comic. I didn't remember that, but they took oh. that over. Is Sasha in the comic? No. Mm. Um. The one more thing I wanted. Well, it was interesting to get a little bit of the a feel for stuff that's been going on and the tensions in their group, just uh-huh. like any group. But um. This other thing that I, I, I'm just always struck by how the tone that you use in a line reading can affect the meaning. And sometimes I feel like actors um, choose a different tone just because the tone that you would expect to hear might seem um, stale or something. Yeah. But when they choose a different tone, sometimes it changes the meaning and it, and it kind of um, takes me out of it. Here's a, an example. Listen to how Chad Coleman says, this isn't a prison camp, is it? Uh, where is that? Here we go. We stand on that wall to stop biters, not keep people in. This isn't a prison camp, is it? Of course not. It sounded more like he's like actually thinking 
are we in a prison camp here? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. Did somebody not tell me that this is a prison camp? Yeah. I mean, you could. this isn't a prison camp, is it? That's what you would expect. Yeah. yeah. Like, come on, this is not a prison camp. But, but he's like, is this a prison, prison camp? camp? <laughs> <laughs> Seems kind of like a prison camp. <laughs> but that. Uh, but I continue to love Dallas Roberts' line readings. Um, listen in this one just how he says the word no. Let her go. Why would I do that? She just wants to be with her people. You talk to her? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> like really quick. No. No. Why would you think that? <laughs> I, I just, you know, it's obvious, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> He's so great in this one. Yeah. Oh my God. So he does that all the time. He, he knows just the right line reading to make it great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I give you a Chad Coleman fun fact? Oh, of course. Uh, he and Michonne, the, well, sorry, sorry, in, in Deny, right, uh, were in a Broadway um, play together, an August Wilson play. Pretty neat, huh? Oh, cool. Yeah. She's a big playwright. She's got one in D.C. right now, actually. Really? Yeah. I think she's pretty well respected. Hey, uh, D.C. listeners, can you go and see her show and report back? Thank yeah. you. Okay, your turn. Okay, my number four is the governor, governor, finally showing off his real stripes. Yes. That was great. It was like the turning point this episode. He just, you know, he's still a lying sack of, you know what, and he lies to Tyrese and Sasha and the others about... Yeah, he's still like putting up that false front of being a magnanimous leader. So Uh he's not being a full-on psycho all the time, but But... he's showing his stripes a bit more. (laughs) Yeah, and outfitting (laughs) his his super torture lab and uh, then going on the hunt for Uh Andrea. He was so crazy this episode. dragging his shovel along the chain link fence. Andrea, uh, like on. Jack Nicholson might. Right, exactly, exactly. Breaking the, the mm. windows. And by the way, my thoughts about what that whole big building was, I'm pretty sure that that was a meat processing plant. Yeah, it was kind of, but there were hooks hanging. Big on, meat hook. Of course. You need yeah. a good meat hook in any classic 80s horror. <laughs> yes, especially if you want to meat hook a zombie. <laughs> Which was awesome. So, yeah, so, there I am. yeah, he's letting his psycho flag fly. Just last episode, <laughs> I was saying I wanted him to be a full-on snarling villain. They heard you. And uh, he did. And I actually have a couple clips of, of that, too. Here's um, him finally sort of letting his villain out. You knew she was leaving, didn't you? She told me. <laughs> what else did you two talk about, huh? <laughs> did you tell her about the deal? No. 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 She knows, doesn't she? (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, there's this, which is totally psycho. Why did he record it? I don't know. Um, there's something in in the news about that where Kirkman talked about it. So oh, well, okay, good. Yeah, good, 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 good. Uh, he, you know, he all he said, he just said something vague like that may come into play later on. Okay, well, I so. can see where it might. He could make people think that he was in one place, and in fact, he was sneaking up behind them, about to stab them. Hmm. Just saying, that's an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Um, since we're on the governor, I I just thought you know. You mentioned, yeah, this is a good, this was my number two. And, uh, 
as much as I like gray area characters and I've said that and when people act like real humans, I just loved seeing him finally go full villain this time. Uh-huh. And it's, this is more of a black and white episode. Andrew's obviously right. The governor's wrong. And in some ways that's really comforting. We like that yeah. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you know that he should just probably be killed. Not probably. He should just be killed. He should just be killed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. By the way, he had my zombie kill of the week um, when he was in the slaughterhouse and he killed the zombie on the ground with the shovel. Yeah. And it had that, that goopy, crunchy sound. Uh-huh. Definitely. Zombie kill, <laughs> zombie kill of the week. Mine was the, the charred zombie flambe. Some I, of them I died. That was, Some of them didn't. Yeah, that still counts in my book. Near kill of the week. Um, yeah, and <laughs> it was it was ingenious. It was just really cool looking. But my runner up, my um, honorable mention was, and this one didn't die either. But when um, Andrea hooked that one, meat hook zombie. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I think I wonder if they were deliberately pulling in references from horror movies because that one reminded me of something that happened in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They would stick people up on hooks, which bothers the Ew. hell out of me. But somehow, when it's a zombie, it's not as bad. Yeah, people on <laughs> hooks bothers me. Yes, too. yeah, yeah. There's Zombies, some, awesome. something bad about that. And we saw another something, uh, something quite not right. Yeah, about that. We also saw a hook when. He was setting up the zombie torture or the uh, the Michelle torture lab. Oh, too many was, to. Did you on the Talking Dead? They had they interviewed the prop master and uh-huh. he showed what was in the torture chamber. Oh, really? Oh, it was icky, including pills, a, a prescription of uppers in case you start like passing oh, out and you wow, want to perk no you want to perk your torture victim up. Yeah, and if the torture victim refuses fluids to try to die quicker, there's a funnel of forced fluids down in their throats. Holy shit. I know. It Were there any really feathers gross. in there? Like tickle, 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 tickle. <laughs> That would be torture. Stop. Stop. I'll tell you anything you want to know. <laughs> what do you want to know? <sighs> Okay, where, where are we? Now? <laughs> you're, you're number four. Uh, let's see. My number four is Milton's relationship with the governor, which we kind of touched on a yeah. bit. But um, the I thought it was interesting. The governor's fiddling around with all those torture tools, and the and Milton catches him in the act, and he's like, "What's that?" And the governor says, "My workshop." And Mil- Milton sa- seems like he's like. Whatever. How does that help? He says, this was supposed to be a new start, a way out. What about everything we talked about? Beating this thing, clawing our way back. So it makes me think that dialogue is like the governor has had a problem with torture and Milton saying, you know, I thought you were going to kick this habit. Yeah. <laughs> is, that what, is that what's going on? Maybe. Is he prone to torturing and Milton knows about it? Maybe. He seems to he seems to uh, to be a psycho, and so yeah. is, maybe being a psycho isn't new to him. I guess. I mean, it seems like if Milton knew, yeah, maybe that's what. It, and then later he says he knew the governor before all this happened. He tells Andrea, and he thinks that that man still exists. So it makes me wonder: was the governor a good man before? The history of his progression into a psycho is kind of unclear to me but it's interesting that he and milton knew each other before like they were cubicle mates or something is milton in the comic nope he's is he in the rise of the governor uh no Hmm. nope he's new for the show yeah i love him yeah me too another thing he stopped andrea from killing the governor and it's like okay rick had a chance to shoot the governor and he didn't andrea could have killed him in his sleep milton fucks it all up now it's like dude 
this show, the characters debate killing Randall, the teen, <laughs> who has no evidence that he's a bad guy, really. Right. And then, but now, and, and Andrea practically killed Beth by giving her yes. a knife when she was a yes. suicide. But this psycho governor, everyone's desperate to keep him alive for, for some reason. Oh, God. <laughs> and she had, Andrea had two good chances. Two good why, why chances. Why do they want to kill Randall and not the governor? She's, just don't hesitate, girl. Just... Just take your gun and fire, and and then when Milton turns her gun away, just pull it out of his hands and 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 shoot the bastard. Yeah, and and it's funny too because he says Milton says, "Well, what would happen? Martinez would be in charge." And I'm thinking, actually, yeah, Martinez seems like yeah. a reasonable fellow, and he would be better than the murderous psycho. <laughs> but yeah, that line made me wonder if there's some. Um Inconsistent characterization of Martinez because in this episode he he was back to being kind of a he just had that evil bastard vibe about him. He's a minion. Last time he had this connection with Daryl and it made you think that maybe he would he would be a good guy if it wasn't for the governor. But I think they were going for that. No, he might be just as bad. I think that's what Milton was at least trying to suggest. One more thing about Milton: he he sabotages the governor, I believe, and the governor seems to know it. So. or at least suspect. So I, I have a feeling that this is bad news for Milton. I think Milton's a goner. I think it's going to happen next week. Do you? Is that yeah. your prediction? We better get Dallas Roberts on. Oh, I love Dallas. Yes, let's please get <laughs> Dallas Roberts on because I think he's he's a fascinating guy. Yeah. Okay, my as long as we're on sort of the topic of old school, suspenseful, sort of classically creepy horror movies mm-hmm. and how this had that vibe, the end really had that vibe for me. So the whole scene in the oh my god when abandoned they, building. Well, when they played the music at the very end and yeah. they had the slow push in and the camera. Oh, I've got some of that here. Do you? Am I right? Yeah, that, I, I like. I think Bear McCreary is really good. He's good always, but especially when he has a villain to write to. It he, moody, he plays that. Yeah. the moody, suspenseful music, and the whole time I'm thinking, "Oh my God, we're going to see Andrea's head in an aquarium." Oh no! <laughs> I was certain that she was going to have her head. In did an aquarium. you really think she might die in yeah, this episode? I yeah. did. I did actually. It turns out it might be even worse. Yeah, right. She might wish she was dead. Um, you know, you shouldn't have hesitated, Andre. You could have slit his throat or shot him. Just saying. That's uh, there. There was so much creepy about it. The hooks, the graffiti it said "ha ha" on the wall. One. Yeah. Um, it, it, the way that he was smashing the windows with his shovel yeah. was great. And one time he smashed it and. The, it, the camera went down yes. to the ground and they showed the sparkling glass hitting the ground. Yeah, it was, it was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Very noticed, well done. I noticed that You can that feel too. some real joy in the filmmaking in this episode. Was that was that the very end that we just heard? Was that the music at the very end? It was towards the end. I, 
I don't know. It okay. was somewhere in that. So I think we're, we're talking about two similar scenes, but the very, very end is what I'm talking about. There was oh, actually the mu- a song the, yeah, that was yeah, playing. Yeah. There was a song that was playing, mm-hmm. and they were pushing in, and they were, it was just the camera. There wasn't actually, oh, we're not yes. following anybody. Yeah, yeah. And it's somebody, With Andrea when she's in the torture chair. And it's, pu- yeah, yeah, it's pushing in, and the final last shot is her eyes, and the sad mm-hmm. look in her eyes, and she's scared, and she's full of regret, and it's just like, oh, she's at the dentist yeah. seat. And it's not a happy dentist. My dentist is very pain-free, and he's the best dentist ever. She's not about to have a good time in that dentist it's chair. Product, product placement, our new sponsor. My dentist. <laughs> Karen's dentist. <laughs> he's really uh, good. So she didn't have, I know she didn't have her hands chained up in those rings. I wonder why they chose not to do that. Yeah, They were hanging there. They were, but yeah. he'll get to that. Yeah, he'll get to that later. There's plenty, I just plenty think it of time been. to strap her in. And I this is this is probably not something I should admit, but there's a certain bloodlust. Like, yeah, I want to see what he's going to do to her. No! <laughs> because it would, because if if she just gets away, it'll be a little anticlimactic. Listeners, this is an opinion shared by nobody. Look, let me here get at my thumb screws, and you'll see it's not that bad. <laughs> Okay. I want to get away right now. Just one second. <laughs> help me, help me. Clunk. That's our episode for today. If it's sexy time, that's one thing. If it's well, torture. I'll be back in an hour. <laughs> uh, right. And then I, you might, uh, this was my number one, this, this whole scene in the, Meat packing plant the or whatever slaughterhouse, it was. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 part of that, I thought Andrea's maneuver with the door was pretty inspired. Yeah, opens the door. Oh, no, I can't go in there. And then, but then she maneuvers it so they're attacking the governor. And it then when she brilliant. closed the door, and then you just see her face framed oh. in the window, like haha, fucker. <laughs> and I was sure I'm like, oh well, he's got ten zombies and he's out of bullets, and uh, yeah, it was it was. Fabulous. Still, do you think that Andrea still is in love with the governor? Hell no. I, I do. What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know how she is. <laughs> we do love our bad boys. Um, yeah. It, did you notice also in the slaughterhouse? Um, that was my number one, too, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. Did you notice in the slaughterhouse that the zombies didn't seem all that scary individually? Like the governor passes one and, and as he's passing him, he barely even looks at the zombie. The zombie's maybe a foot away from him and he kind of just backhand stabs him. Yeah. Or he like pushed one down into like a rebar or something. Yeah. Like that. That's just, because they have margarine heads. Yeah. They just swat them <laughs> like flies. Yeah. They really don't pay much attention. You can attention. have a number two pencil and just poke it right in there. <laughs> really? You can just sort of smash them with your fingers at this point. <laughs> just pinch their heads closed. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay, we're going all over the place. We really are. Do you know where we are? No, you you go ahead next. Okay, I'll do my number three. How about that? That's good. My number three is just that Andrea's finally woken up. And I think it was when the governor told Andrea his plans. I mean, told Milton. No, when Milton told Andrea the governor's plans for Michonne. That's when she's like, oh, okay, they're, they're, he's irredeemable. You can't, we can't negotiate. Yeah. He's got to die. I need to get out of here. And that, that, I realized right when that happened that, oh, this season is a lot Andrea's story. It you is. Know? I mean, there's a lot of Rick too, but I think Andrea on the other side. Yeah. She's, she's in an interesting position because unlike 
somebody who's a, a Woodburyite or a Prisonite, she's a little bit of both, and she's been stuck in the middle. So she's yeah. been a, an interesting she, character. She's to also see. had this whole arc of believing the governor at first and coming yeah. not to. And even the, like some people are saying after t- last night's episode, I can finally root for Andrea and others are saying it's too little too late, but I still fully maintain that it's believable that somebody could stick with the governor based on what she knew. Yeah. And I the agree. Circumstances she was in. Yep. And yeah, this whole thing, I, I, I still don't think that there should be so much Andrea hate for this particular thing. And other things. Yes. But. Actually, I think she was pretty brave going back after the negotiation last episode, Episode, she went back with the yeah. governor and I don't think yeah. she went back with the governor because she believed in him I think she went back with the governor because she thought I've got to stop this and mm-hmm. that's pretty brave I and mean, she wanted to get one more night of sex in before she had to kill him though she wanted to give him the second best night of his life <laughs> yeah she was she was amazing and actually that was yeah, my she was great. that was my number well I'm gonna go ahead and, and, and increase that to my number one that was my number one mm-hmm. was uh, Andrea finally leaving and the running and the chasing and did you ever see the movie Run Lola Run yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, I liked all that chasing too. It was tense. Yes, it yeah. was. That it, one zombie sort of fell right onto her knife, and its butterhead went. Remember when? <laughs> yeah, by the tree. She but well, otherwise. you know what? She should never relax. You you. Yeah. That's one of the one of the truisms. It, of- it's like that's okay. So when I think of the zombie apocalypse and how slow they are, mm-hmm. and like God, you think it would be easy to get away, but the one thing is, there's so many of them, right. and they don't get tired, right. and you do. So that's where you're in trouble. And at this point, they're really freaking hungry. <laughs> they're really hungry. There's not that many humans left. There's so many zombies. And so their food source is getting uh, less and less. And um, so they're hungry, man. And I I think it's really funny. Uh, you saw the Kill Bill movies, right? So this kind of made me think of Kill Phil. <laughs> and how Beatrix Kiddo um, would have, uh, I, like I was sort of picturing her as kind of like Beatrix Kiddo. And yeah, how yeah. Beatrix Kiddo had her katana, or it wasn't a katana, but whatever her sword was that was made by the artisan in, in Japan. Mm. And how she has no trouble poking someone's last remaining eye out of their head, like Daryl Hannah and Kill Bill. Anyway, yeah, I I just loved it. I thought Andrea was was fabulous in this episode. And I actually hope she doesn't get tortured to death. I hope that she has a great redeeming death. If she does die, I hope it's it's as a hero, not so, as a victim. Wait, I didn't say I wanted her to get tortured to death. What did you say? I said I wanted You're her to get tortured. to see what, what he's got <laughs> well, up his sleeve. no, I mean, okay, what if in the next episode Milton comes in and unchains her? Yeah, that'd be great. Who Does anybody in the chat room agree with that? That <laughs> it would be the best episode the best possibility for an entertaining episode is if milton came in in the first five minutes and unchained andrea (laughs) (laughs) that would be so exciting (laughs) i don't know i don't need to see the devices used i already was creeped out enough by the prop master this uh okay this is a a comic spoiler but it's not a tv show spoiler one thing in the comic that was iconic is a torture scene with the governor and you know, oh, when I knew yeah. the governor was coming on on uh, onto the show, yeah. that's what everyone thinks of. Oh, is he is this torture scene going to happen? So if Milton came in and took her away, okay, not to spoil anything, but who's the torture scene with in the? Comic? I don't want to say. Okay, okay, fair enough. I don't want to say, but it's not. I'll say it's not Andrea, and so it was. It was a big surprise that it may be Andrea. She it may not. She Milton might come in and let her free, but um. 
but that was good. It was a twist. Kirkman keeps giving us those twists, those of us who've read the comic. So I thought that was great. Um, does he set up? A, does he set up a super torture lab? We, we also, yeah, uh-huh. and we thought that um, maybe what happened with Maggie was a stand-in, but it was so uh-huh. tame compared to what happens in the comic. And I thought, I thought, oh, I guess they have to be tamer for the show. But now I just think that they were just setting up the governor's personality that he he has a, a sort of a proclivity for this kind of yeah thing. So anyway, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't know. I have a feeling that some torturing will will happen next episode. Oh, and, uh, sorry, Andrea. I can't wait. Funnel, funnel. Where were we? Let's get back to. I mean, I'm okay. done with all. I'm my done. Fun. I, don't know. I am we too. Went in weird I'm order, done. But I have notes. They did a flashback. They did. It was. I liked it, but I don't understand why it was in this episode. It didn't really further anything. I mean, yeah. if we're supposed to see them bonding, uh, we didn't really see them bonding too Not much, really. right? And you know, she said that the pets were like they deserve to die. <gasps> yeah, and that but, was strange too, right? Yeah. Like, what did she say exactly? She said she they said weren't they human. It. They weren't too human to begin with, or they weren't human to begin with, and that's different from the comic. Yes, um, it is. But well, we won't go into why. But um. Then the cool thing was they showed the chain Mm -hmm. and then they went, it transitioned. You still see the chain chain, but you're in the governor's torture chamber. Yeah. Which makes me wonder, I guess, are those the same chains? Like, I think they could be. Yeah. Yeah. They could definitely be because the, uh, the neck rings looked about that size. Yeah. I bet you they were, huh? Mm -hmm. But still, I I didn't quite get why they reduce, reuse, recycle. So in there, maybe they were just sort of a parallel between, her zombie pets not being human, and neither was neither is the governor. Neither is the governor yeah. deserves what he's going to get. Um, the governor asked Andrea to go with him to meet Rick the next day, and said, "If he tries anything, maybe you can talk some sense into him." So I wonder what his plan was, because his plan is to kill Rick. Yes. So what, what, he's like, "What's he going to do? Is he going to kill Andrea?" Maybe too, he was going to use Andrea's bait. Maybe yeah, something like that. You know, yeah, you know that good. that Rick would also try to be courageous and save Andrea mm-hmm. so he could definitely use that to his advantage. He could yep. he could hold Andrea right in front of him. Another one. Human a- shield. Andrea says the governor you know, he says to Sasha and Tyrese when she when she's not he she when she's trying to leave town and they won't let mm-hmm. her. The governor's not what he seems to me seems to be. And Sasha says he seems pretty straight up to me and I'm like, yeah, she just said he's not what he seems to be. What, what? <laughs> that's the idea uh i think alan they're setting him up to be a real tool so um i wonder if they're trying to make us not be sympathetic so when he meets his gruesome death we won't care i don't oh, know oh but he has a son and we care about the son we care about the son the son seems okay the son seems kind of the son seems a little a little sad and um yeah like he needs to be taken care yeah, of yeah he needs a hug for sure <laughs> They all do. Um, yeah, they all do. You're Group right. Hug. Group hug, everybody. Hug. Yeah, I do. Um, and the ending, the way it was staged, I liked it. The very, uh, not the very, very, but when she almost got to the prison and they played nicey, nice music. Oh, and then, she it, but the way it looked to me was that um, it looked like Rick saw her standing there waving. Yeah. And then he saw the governor come out and drag her down. And then he was like, huh. <laughs> that's what it, no. I know that's not what happened but it just the way they filmed it it looked to me like he he was looking right at them they have a problem with that kind of stuff in the show sometimes and he's like oh there's Andrea 
Oh, oh, check oh, it out. She's getting tackled by the governor. I guess no. they're just happening no. by and doing their kinky thing. I think it looked it. like part of him was like, is that my ghost wife? Yeah, it kind of looked like that too, totally. Oh, I think that's my ghost wife. The very ending just was a great episode. It made it so it, that much better because with Andrea that we already mentioned because it was just such an exclamation point at the end of the episode. Like, yes. holy shit. Yeah. And then I already said my zombie kill of the week. So. Yep. That's all for me. That's all for me. All right. Let's take a break. There's more to come. Stay with us. <laughs> <laughs> Attention, this is a WDTV emergency warning. Reports from all over the country are saying that the undead are walking the streets. Oh my god, they're in the studio! <laughs> so, Eric, uh, listener Eric Engberg sent that in. Oh, Eric, that, <laughs> that is fabulous. Thank you so much. So, we hope to get a new one of those from you guys every week. Woo! That is great. <laughs> that was very cool, Eric. Uh, okay, first thing. Glenn Mazzara, did you know he signed up, signed a deal with Fox TV? Yeah, I saw something. I didn't look into it, though. Yeah, so he signed a deal to develop cable shows cable tv shows with them they own fx that's the home of the shield that he used to work on and sons of anarchy that kurt sutter worked on who's been very vocal in support of mazara and in a dissing of amc nice so i i kind of thought he might have a home there based on what people were saying and i knew great i knew he'd land on his feet we might have to start up another podcast (laughs) (laughs) depending on how good mazara does uh he said mazara said quote i've had a long history with Fox Television Studios, and it feels good to set up shop at a studio that I respect and trust. (laughs) That's funny, huh? Smack. Yeah, totally. Okay, next. Uh, The Walking Dead AMC original soundtrack just went on sale on iTunes. You notice that they've been putting songs at the end of every episode. Yep. And and they also have been playing, having the artists on the Talking Dead show. Oh, they have? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, so there's, I don't know how many, eight or something on this album, along with Emily Kinney and Lauren Cohan's singing that Waylon Jennings song. Yeah. Waylon Jennings, sorry. Uh, and there's like this Funkadelic Electro remix of the Walking Dead main title on there. Oh, cool. So there's that, if you're interested. I like the music. Yeah, I've liked some of these. I think it's worked pretty well, mm-hmm. actually. I, mm-hmm. I, I could see myself being really turned off by that if I thought it was just a cheap way to make money, but they've been fitting in, I think, pretty well. I do too. Okay, and this is an interview with MTV.com by David Morsey, who plays the governor. They said, if it wasn't as if it wasn't already clear, this episode solidified that Philip isn't exactly the sanest man in the room. And he said... <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he said, <laughs> "He said, yeah, maybe not so well, but it might depend on where you're coming from on that. Before Penny was brutally taken away from him, before he was attacked, and before his town was attacked, he was in a place where he was finding himself. His objectives were many before he <laughs> killed all those soldiers cold-bloodedly. <laughs> right, was and had the aquariums, but okay. Yeah, exactly. He was wondering how best to run this town and how to keep these people in check. 
He had, he had many ways he could turn and many cards to play, but since the attack and the killing of Penny and the taking of his eye, there's something of a liberation of the man from a motivational point of view. He's just after revenge now. It's a very dark place. Blah, blah. So basically just saying that he has that one objective now and he's pursuing that with brutal efficiency. Wow. He, he's in a dark place of a crazy place. Mm-hmm. So people, yeah, they get upset when some of the actors defend their characters. Yes. But they have to because they're yeah, playing sure. the character. They can do it. They yeah. can do it. And it's our job as viewers to say, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's our job. So and then they go on. The governor's fixation with Michonne is pretty clear. She killed Penny and took his eye. What's his fixation on Andrea about? He says, when you look at leaders like him, what they demand is absolute loyalty. When I want your opinion, I'll ask for it. (laughs) With Andrea, he can see that she's torn between him and her old life, that life she led with Rick and his group. I think he feels terribly betrayed by that. He demands total loyalty, not of just Andrea, but of Milton and the people around him. That's how he saw Merle and he felt betrayed by Merle. And he says he thinks he loved her. He absolutely loved her. Huh. Well, he's gonna. He feels betrayed by her now. I mean, he, everyone's <laughs> gonna line up shortly, I and mean, he has a long line for the torture room. Yeah, Milton, I know. Milton's next. It's and all coming crumbling Tyrese. down. That's one yeah. thing about the the way the buildup that we're having. It, it a lot of times you start to feel worried for the the good guy. But I'm kind of more worried for him at this point. Yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah. He's, his prospects aren't looking that good. The prisoner, the the prison dwellers loyalty isn't shifting at all if, if anything yeah. they probably they're feel being more solidified huh? yeah together mm-hmm. they're right. a family and they say it all the time and still i'm sure there'll be some damage on their side i'm sure there will upcoming. be duck yeah. duck, Glenn. <laughs> duck. <laughs> next uh this is kirkman on entertainment weekly he says or they ask you pulled off a real bait and switch though certainly those familiar with the comic book might have assumed particularly given given the way the opening scene sagged into the scene of the governor with the chains that all roads were leading to blank being tortured of course that could still happen but you really played with fans expectations he says yeah and i will say those events in the comics which involved those chains are among the darkest moments of the comic series even as the guy that wrote them seeing those chains on the show and seeing the governor in that room is extremely disturbing so i think there's an extra level of creepiness and darkness to that scene if you're aware of the events in the comic book series yep a fun aspect of working on the show is changing up expectations, being able to tell the story on television where the television audience can watch and enjoy it. But uh, yeah, he always says that. Um, but next, uh, <laughs> this is very slightly spoilery, not really, but kind of Kirkman on Hollywood Reporter. They asked, what was the governor doing whistling into the tape recorder? Mm, Does he mm-hmm. record the events in the tape room, in the rape room? They call it the rape room. Kirkman oh, says, yikes. he's a mysterious guy who does mysterious things. I wouldn't want to ruin an upcoming storyline revealing what's going on there he could have possibly been testing his recorder for later use that's certainly a possibility yeah Yeah. oh yeah okay yeah maybe he's just listening to something and he got it stuck in his head he wants to record exactly what happens with andrew so he can play it back for his own pleasure later on it's a possibility all right let's move on to our listener moans groans and grunts I think I'm going to do, put a new one of those together for 100 if Yay. I get a chance. Let's give it's some coming up soon, some. man. I know. Okay, uh, I want to go first this time. Do it. All right, this first one is from John. He says, here's a question I've heard you ask. Been a fan of the podcast for about two years. After Z-Day, whose head would you love to smash? 
Only stipulation for this question is it can't be a relative or ex-spouse. Why can't it be a relative? I want to pick my mother. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Governor. You know, recently, I won't go into too many details, but every time I think about who I hate, mm-hmm. I can't think of anybody. I mean, there's people oh, I'm kind of mad at or I don't like, but hate, except there's this one person who kind of did me wrong one time. And I don't, I don't, I still probably don't hate this person, but I don't like this person that much. I right? like how you're just referring to this person as yeah, this person. Because I don't even want to give away. Not that, even that, gender. That it's a woman. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not, it's, it's, it's work related. But anyways, um, yeah. I just found out that uh, some like same thing she did to me happened to her. At, oh, at work and you felt bad about it for like one and a half seconds and yeah. then i was like karma karma <laughs> <laughs> justice <sighs> <sighs> but i still would not smash want to smash her head no. in the zombie apocalypse yeah I, if to be honest nobody, nobody. i don't i don't nobody get off of that kind of that. thing you sicko but i can't wait for the torture <laughs> seat scene next week and thanks for writing john <laughs> we love you uh this one comes from uh, james james writes uh wanted to give you some feedback on the call you took in the arrow on the door feedback section about what the word clear might have meant in the other week's episode. I'm a Scientologist and often hear people misunderstand the term clear. I was happy to hear you get it right to rid the mind of the pains and burdens of the past. While I don't think the episode was written with that definition in mind, the connection that you made did make some sense. I just thought it was cool that a Scientologist wrote in. And so said that we got something right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I never thought I'd read that. Thanks, James. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. This is from Jen, who um, is our good friend and who you heard last week on our Norman Reedus interview. Because show. No. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, Jen. Oh, Jen in San Diego. Sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah. She says, did the governor get bit by one of the walkers? I noticed that when he got back to Woodbury, he kept adjusting his coat and making sure the front was closed. That would be a fantastic twist to the story if he did, and if he will turn at some point. I, I don't. Do you think that? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think he's going to turn. But, but it was. I like misdirection like that, mm-hmm. and to make us think that. But no. And then she says, who the heck is Milton? I'm starting to suspect that he could be the younger boss of Philip that the governor mentioned that he seemed really bitter about. Oh, yeah. That's, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, because I could see that in, in the zombie apocalypse. Like, uh, like this whole pen is mightier than the sword right. contest that we're doing. I think in modern day, the pen is mightier because you can sign contracts and write proposals and whatever but in the apocalypse the sword is mightier right in the pre-apocalypse milton is mightier post philip philip i like (laughs) it but he did say didn't he say the boss was younger and dumber oh did he say dumber? and i think so oh yeah then it can't be him it can't be milton because milton is clearly not dumber he's a wimp but he's not dumb he's a would-be scientist Thanks, Jen. I think she has a call later, too. Uh, Jordan writes, this was easily the best episode of the season. The tension was incredible. The direction was unreal. Lori Holden was, oh, my God. She's now my favorite character. I take back everything I ever (laughs) said about Andrea. Lori Holden is an incredible actress. And it would be a shame for them to kill her off this season. Anyway, I would give this episode five out of five. It was unbelievable, simply unbelievable. I swear my heart stopped when the governor grabbed her from behind. One more thing. I hope Andrea's kill. Andrea kills that asshole. I hope she castrates that motherfucker. Anyway, love the podcast. <laughs> Smiley face. <laughs> Such a dramatic shift in tone. There. <laughs> anyway, I hope she castrates that motherfucker. <laughs> so 
Okay, next is from Drea, who says, So glad that Andrea's redemption is finally here, but uber nervous that they're going to kill her ass. I just can't put anything behind these writers, and I really love this season so far, but please, please, for the love of sweet Jesus, do not kill Andrea. Not yet. Not like this. Not at the hands of that fucking asshole. I don't think that she's... You know what? I'm starting to think maybe... You know, I kept saying I thought she might be the one to die if somebody dies, but... um. After this episode, for some reason, I'm thinking, no, I think she's going to survive the season now. But we'll see. What if she's knocked up by the governor? That's what some other people are saying. Uh, I think that would be dumb. Playmate for the the last kicker. Yeah, I think that's too um, cliched. That's what I think. So I hope that doesn't happen. And plus, we already have, yeah, we already have the baby thing. Yeah, we do. They don't like to repeat themselves. <laughs> All right, let's go on to the back and forths. Okay, Cindy writes, Andrea opens the door and the stairs are filled with zombies. Fuck, turn around and there's the governor. Fuckity fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, That's Cindy. our thing now. Um, <laughs> you guys are going to like one of our t-shirts that we announced next episode, by the way. Hint, hint. Okay, <laughs> this is from Jennifer. I'm sure some people will die before the season is over, but I don't think it will be Andrea. They're setting it up too much for it to be her i'm betting she will be saved somehow Mm, hope so reamer writes tyrese is a sleeping giant i think he's about to reach his limit yeah i agree Mm -hmm. allison says why didn't she just take his truck oh damn he might have taken his keys yeah i would i would think so i thought the same thing though allison cody writes i guess i'm the lone negative voice here all of this felt too little too late i stopped caring about andrea a long time ago i was hoping the governor would catch her and kill her through most of the episode (laughs) for cody the tension was like oh man she's not getting killed why isn't she dead (laughs) (laughs) brett says tyrese is a horrible shot. I thought he said Tyrese is a horrible slut at first. <laughs> Tyrese is a horrible... How do you know? Tyrese is a horrible shot. Way to give a call back to the comics. He uses his hammer so much because he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn with a shotgun. Oh. I didn't remember that, but... Not everyone cool. can be a great shot. Yeah, exactly. There's got to be at least one person that doesn't get all headshots. Yep. So that's exactly. good. Exactly. Missy writes, how many other flashbacks have there been in this series? I can only think of the flashbacks in season one with Shane, Laurie, Carol, etc. stranded on the road into Atlanta. Well, there was also the one where Shane went back to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And there was also when... To get uh, Rick and... And and Laurie tells Carl that his father's been yeah, shot. Yeah, I think that's it. Three, yeah. three other ones. Not so many. I think this is the fourth one. And this wasn't much of a flashback because honestly, this was... You know, flashing back six months or yeah, something. Yeah, it wasn't pre-apocalypse. Right. You know, even though I couldn't figure out the purpose, I still liked it. It was a nice atmosphere with yeah. the zombie pets rustling around and it was kind of creepy. But it did show, I don't know. I, it, I don't know. I, I liked it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Julia, is that where we are? Yeah, Julia so. says, I think AMC must be trying to fill up their soundtrack as this is the third episode to end with a song. <laughs> a little formulaic, you think? <laughs> yeah, a little. Maybe. Jonathan writes, how the hell did the governor actually track Andrea down? He's got mad tracking skills. Well, people didn't believe that um, that he would be able to track her down even though he knew she was going to the prison. But to me, that's enough. I mean, you just go in that direction. Yeah. You know, and look around. There's only so many ways to get to the prison. Yeah. 
And and he didn't see her the first time. He he passed her, and she uh, she dodged him in the forest. That's true. So he, he actually didn't get her the first time. He he tracked her down scene. by driving and driving and driving and driving. Until he finally Although saw he it. seemed like he could have run her over. She was running for a long time long while time. he kept honking, and he was like ten feet away. And also <laughs> and also Andrea, another yet another uh, another mistake that you made. Don't run through a field. Yeah. You know, you're, you're well, in she, plain sight. Yeah, I guess you're right. She knows she's being tracked. But it's also scary to run. Uh, she just got attacked in the forest by yeah, the zombies. She's true. like, fuck this. I'm going Here's to a wide open, open field. Yeah, exactly. And next thing you know, there's a truck. She just can't win. Uh, Susan says, Bear McCreary hit it out of the park. I want the score on my iPod post haste. You might get your wish. Yardley mm. writes, Andrea should have been unloading her clip on the governor while he was fighting off the walkers. She didn't have her gun. That was taken oh, away by right. Martinez right. at, back at uh, Woodbury. Yeah, and she, but she kept the knife. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Susan's not going to get her wish, by the way, because I don't think any of Bear McCurry's score is on that soundtrack. Oh, it's not on the soundtrack? Except oh. for the remix of the Walking Dead theme song. Mm. Uh, Megan says the cat and mouse chase at the end was classic and filmed superbly. I agree. Yep. Jamie Jamie writes, terrifying episode. The governor was chasing down Andrea, played like an old school horror movie. The image of the burned still alive zombies in the pit will haunt my dreams. <laughs> That's what they're going for. <laughs> okay, let's do some calls. This is from... Oh, wait a minute. I always forget to do this first. Uh, this is from Charles. Hey, Jason and Karen. This is listener Charles, and I wanted to call and leave some feedback about last night's episode, Pray. Um, I just wanted to say I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Um, I hope all the Andrea haters have come around after this episode and are rooting for her, because I thought she kicked ass. And I thought this episode was really scary and suspenseful and creepy. Uh, It really showed how creepy the governor is and is going to get, um, and Andrea was a badass, and from the second she jumped off the fence and headed back towards the prison, it was just so suspenseful, and when the governor was chasing her around with the shovel, it reminded me of The Shining. Uh, he had that mm-hmm. kind of creepy, uh, uh, Jack Nicholson vibe going on. And then the final scene with her duct tape to the chair broke my heart. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm just super excited for the next couple episodes. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. It's going to go nuts. And um, anyway, I can't wait to hear your guys' uh, your guys's thoughts on the episode. And that's about it. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Take care. Bye. <laughs> Charles, where's your zombie sound? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> there, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for calling. I appreciate your Thanks, enthusiasm. Uh, okay, next is Charlie from New York. Hi, Jason and Karen. It's Charlie from New York. Don't worry. I don't expect to be put on the air this week. I was just on last week, and thank you so much. Oh, okay, let's go to the next okay, one. Okay, next one. <laughs> for putting me on the air and, and giving me a chance to express um, my thoughts on the show. What I didn't express, which was horrible of me, forgive me, this is how much I absolutely love you guys. I love what you do. I love how you do it. I think you kick ass, um, even when I don't agree with you, even when I criticize you, which is very, very seldom. <laughs> um, I, I love you to death. And I just, uh, you make the show um, and watching the show that much more fun. Um, I think your insights are very spot on and very um, thoughtful and smart. So, yay. Um, so, anyway, I just... Thank you. Hey, for us. 
You know what? I wanted to just ask you guys a question that I'm hoping you can address this week, if not next week, or maybe in some other kind of way if possible. But anyway, um, the first thing that I do want to say is by Friday, it seems like you guys love the show. I didn't. I hated it. Last night's episode. Two gacks. <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I think the show is losing me. I think it's because it feels to me really predictable. There were a lot of moments last night that would just... 100% predictable and mm. granted I've worked in writers rooms and TV shows with writers so I think I am certainly a little more critical in my forgiving than the average critic is but anyway I just didn't care for it but there were moments that were really good I think from now on I'm going to start saying shit's going down and you're making waves that's like my favorite line from last night <laughs> do you remember that line shit's going down I don't remember that what is it shit's going down um and something making waves but I yeah. just wanted to mention I you know I think it was fairly, um, I guess, fairly predictable. You're right. But I don't think being unpredictable is always necessary for it to be good. I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because yeah, I actually liked how it mirrored these old school horror movies. Yeah. And, and, and I thought, it. I guess, in order for it to do that, it kind of had to be predictable. Because right. it was like something that happened in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I like that. But um, There anyways. were some things that were telegraphed for sure. Yeah, it, yeah, for sure. Um, but you keep saying it's losing you, but you've been saying that for like five episodes. It's very slow, a slow progression. Charlie. Charlie, Charlie. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not losing me. Um, yeah, and by the way, Charlie, what shows do you work yeah, on? Yeah, I'm so curious about let that. Us, That's really cool. Let us know. Yeah, I'd love to know. Okay, here's the rest. And um, Andrea, I still don't like her, but do you want to know something? The actress, I forget her name, was on Talking Dead last night, and I was really turned off if not perplexed by the fact that she felt the need to kind of defend her character and justify the character and I, I can tell that she's sensitive about it and that maybe she's been attacked by people yep. Yep. about just how ditzy oh my god she was so defensive last night on the talking oh head. she was really mm-hmm. oh. yeah they all are though yeah. they all are really defensive and like you mentioned before they sort of have to be I guess I mean yeah I guess I mean we get shit sometimes on from doing this podcast and i feel like i'm really good at either ignoring it or making fun of it but maybe if we got like a million times that much like she probably does it wouldn't be so easy yeah (laughs) exactly yeah but i don't know charlie if you listen to our interview with her but you should it was i thought it was pretty good yeah her character is because she really was defending Andrea in ways that's a lot. It was like, yeah, she brought the governor and Rick together, but that didn't help, honey. That that wasn't a good thing, and, and you ended up in the governor's chair. So, so anyway, but the question that I want to ask, one of the things that bothers me about the show the most, I realize, is the way that they are treating the virus itself or the lack of treatment in regard that they're giving it. You know, as far as I'm concerned, the main character of the show is not even Rick or the governor. It's actually the virus. Um, they are fighting against the virus, and the virus is fighting for survival just as much as everyone on the or as human beings, if not more. But the virus has not mutated. It has not done anything different. It is not changing it is not keeping them wondering what's going to happen next or we you know i think it's really unrealistic to think that the virus would mutate in a way that would surprise them or that would surprise us and i think that's what's disappointing to me because it could be a really fascinating turn of events but anyway that was that was pretty much it and um again love you guys to death i really really um look forward to uh the last two episodes even though they have kindly lost me. All right. Have a great week. Because the only reason why she's still listening is because she wants to 
be caught up for our podcast, right? Isn't that sweet? She might be in the chat room, actually. <clears throat> um, that whole virus thing, I think that'd be an interesting story. I don't, I, I don't consider it bad that they're not doing that story right now because they've got a lot of other things going on. But at some point, you know, if they did that story, I think it, it could be cool. Yep, I agree. Okay, thanks, Charlie. Let's move on to this person did not leave their name, but here, they, here we go. The hell was that? <laughs> oh my god that's my new favorite zombie sound <laughs> I, I i'm not sure if he knew who he's calling but i think when you call us it just plays the beep i think that's it is that what it yeah. plays that's great what <laughs> the like, hell what was the that hell? i thought it was calling what my that? petunia <laughs> what the uh, hell was that here's i think he's, his name is idris let's see hey this is idris uh, first time call. I'm hoping I get on a show. I just wanted to say um, I love last night's episode. It was really good. It was actually an Andrea, you know, centric episode that was pretty good. Um, I guess let me throw up my top five real quick. Uh, five, the the burned zombies was awesome. Uh, the 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 way Andrea sick the 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 zombies on the governor would be my number four. That was pretty awesome. Tyrese hulking out looking like a little brown hulk <laughs> would be um i guess when she almost got to the prison that was a shocker i, I didn't wasn't expecting that and one i guess i would also as my favorite would be when you know the governor was kind of stalking her kind of reminded me of a slash effect. but i had a couple discrepancies with this show um the whole when she opened the the staircase, I'm pretty sure that the zombies should have attacked her or tried to go at her. Then she closed it. It was a hole in the door where the glass was. Yeah. Why didn't any of them try to claw her I thought about pull that her too. hair? And then when she went back in, walked in really slowly, none of them attacked her. I thought that was a little weird. And um, and it did a little annoy me a little bit, even though I liked it, that when she was almost there, and it could, you know, yeah. Rick couldn't see a wave in her hand there, but she was almost there, and he he grabbed her, and I guess yelling wouldn't have made no sense, but I guess it annoyed me a little. I didn't, wasn't expecting her to get grabbed up. But other than that, that was a pretty good show. Um, really good. I enjoyed it. It was really tense, and it was pretty awesome. And um, I guess I'll do my zombie sound now. Thanks, man. Thanks for calling. That's funny. Yeah, I was worried he wasn't going to do a zombie sound. Yeah, he did uh, it. Okay, uh, one more call. This is from John. Hey, guys, it's John, winner of the uh, zombie contest. Oops, sorry. Hey, guys, it's John, winner of the uh, zombie contest. Three posters, awesome. I need three frames now so I can uh, protect them so they don't get all fucked up. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> awesome posters. Thank you very much. Uh, I was sick when I uh, did that. That, that, that weird noise you hear when I'm breathing. <laughs> it's just Every time breathing. I exhaled, I was like wheezing. And when I finished doing that recording, oh my God, I, I coughed up the biggest phlegm ball. It looked like something that came out of a zombie. It was disgusting. <laughs> uh, the last episode of Walking Dead, the first thing I was thinking about when uh, the governor came in, before he even opened his mouth, we have a lot to talk about. Something flashed in my head. What would Shane do? 
Shane would have never even let him speak. He probably would have opened his mouth to say, we have a lot to... Bang! Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. That's true. Uh, going to work right now. It's like 4 o'clock in the morning. Pitch black out. Nobody's on the roads. I feel like a zombie right now. I'm like half awake. Good times. Must be a truck driver. Yeah, he's driving. Uh, yeah, love the show. I'll uh, catch you guys next time. Thanks again. <laughs> That's great. That's, uh, I like that call. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I hacked up a giant flim ball. <laughs> That's how you win our zombie sound contest. That's how you, you do get it. Sick first. Oh, thanks for calling in. That was great. <clears throat> okay, let's move on to comic talk. Take it away, Jaden. Hi there, Walking Deadcast crew. This is Jaden back for another comic talk. This episode, we got some really cool iconography from the comic book. It really, really blew me away. So first thing, this is a subtle one, but the governor's wearing his awfully nifty black trench coat, finally. One more step towards the comic book governor. I keep saying we need that handlebar mustache, but I can settle for the eye patch on the trench coat because that looks pretty badass. Another neat thing was we got to see that Tyrese can't fire a gun for shit. This was uh, mentioned on the TV show, or mentioned in the comic several times, and he even used the line in the comic, how am I gonna relax if you keep telling me to relax? Nice to see they even brought that line over. Another little subtle one was Alan wanting to die himself after Donna's death. That was something that we hit up on the comic a few times before Alan ended up dying in a swarm of zombies, if I remember correctly. Now the big one, the torture chamber. Watching the governor put that chamber together, seeing the tools he actually used on Michonne in the comic, and even the chains, how he had her chained up, was very, very nice. I'm very nervous to see how this gets used on the show because it was so stomach-churning in the comic. Then lastly, I just want to mention a neat little homage to the Dark Knight in this episode. We had the governor doing the magical pencil disappearing trick on a zombie, and then later on we see some graffiti on the back wall that was in neon green ink that read, Ha Ha. Yeah, I think we got some Joker fans here. Anyway, that's all for me this week, guys. Don't get bit. All right, let's move on to next week on The Walking Dead. Next week on The Walking Dead, the episode is titled This Sorrowful Life. It is written by Scott M. Gimple. Does that ring any bells? Future showrunner. And also recently wrote Clear, uh, one of my favorite episodes. And directed by a dude named Greg Nicotero. Mm. I don't know if you know who that guy is, (laughs) but uh, he's also directed Say the Word, Judge, Jury, and Executioner. And the description is says Rick and the group are faced with a serious problem I'll say if they want a truce with the governor they will have to make a huge sacrifice dun 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 Dun, dun, dun. yep and I saw two videos uh, next week on The Walking Dead Mm -hmm. and one of them was great and one of them was like eh the one that was kind of eh was Daryl discussing Merle with Glenn Daryl walks up to Glenn and uh, and Glenn sort of tells him, well, there's, you know, there's a reason why I'm not that crazy about Merle. It was, you know, fine, but no new information. Mm -hmm. The one that was excellent, and this isn't really spoilery. This is just awesome. (laughs) Basically, it's, it's Merle talking to Rick and Rick is just standing there and it's just Merle talking. And most of the times when Merle talks, I wish somebody would put duct tape over it. 
But this time, Merrill actually said everything that's that's in my head. He said, um, uh, what do you think will happen if you give that girl to him? Uh, he won't kill her. He'll do stuff to her. Maybe take out an eye. Maybe both. You do that for a shot, you're as cold as ice, officer friendly. <laughs> and, you know, basically saying, if you give her, if you give her, Michonne, she's gonna be tortured, and you're yeah. doing that for a so remote he's, possibility. He's considering it, huh? Well, I bet you I that's in the very beginning. I don't know. And they he get over it real fast. He can't really. They tend do. when they show these next week things. It tends to be like the very first scene, right? Times, or they're not really close. giving anything away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're coming up on the last two, so it's all ramping up. I can't Excited. wait for yeah, the Yeah, I can't finale. imagine where they're going with it in season four. I, I just have no clue what they'll be doing for season four. I hope to hell they're not staying in the prison and Woodbury. I don't think they would. I hope not. <laughs> but you don't know. Yeah, don't know. nobody knows. Yep. Well, right. they know. <laughs> Somebody knows. Lots yeah. of but it's Lots of people know. 100 people, maybe 200. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we're the only ones that don't know. Uh, that, that's all? That's it. Okay, that's our show, episode 99. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thank you to Soros at Spoil the Dead for mentioning us on their forums. Check them out at spoilthedead.com. Thanks. Thanks to Jen Jacobs, who, again, you heard uh, with me last week interviewing Norman Reedus. She also volunteered to kind of be Britney's counterpart and do our Pinterest since oh, you and I don't know cool. anything about that. And she's I know something about well, it. Well, she knows a thousand times more than yes, you. she does. Have you seen it? She just jammed and put up boards for all the, the characters, one for little ass kickers that has zombie kids, you know, and a, a main board. And she just populating it with images from the show. Jen, that it's is fun fabulous. to go in there and check it out. Yeah. So we're at Pinterest.com slash deadcast. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. Thank you. Uh, the pen is mightier than the sword contest ends on the 20th, which is probably like tomorrow. If you're listening to this podcast right away or not, then it probably is already over. But, uh, if you want to enter that send us a Michonne haiku, we've gotten some great Michonne haikus, Have by we? the way. I'm so excited. Yeah, they're, they're, they're really good. Some of them. And, uh, you also have to sign up for our email list at walkingdeadcast.com under join us or die. And you can do that anyway, even if the contest is mm-hmm. over. Um, but anyways, midnight Wednesday, March 20th, and you win that awesome smart pen if you win. Go to walkingdeadcast.com slash contest for details. In the meantime, if you want to leave us a message, you can call us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can email us at brains at walkingdeadcast.com. You can check out our website at walkingdeadcast.com. And don't forget to click through our Amazon link on there, walkingdeadcast.com slash Amazon. And people are still doing that. So thank you so much for doing that. If you need to shop at Amazon and you click on that link, we get a little bit of it. It doesn't cost you anything more. Did you get all the porn I bought? Uh, I didn't get any of it, but I saw it. Did you? Okay, good. Well, at least you got some proceeds. Of the porn <laughs> you gonna buy? Did you buy it for me? <laughs> <laughs> We're also, I'll put it in my orange backpack. <laughs> We're also on Twitter at Jason Karen, on Tumblr at WalkingDeadcast.tumblr.com, and on Facebook at facebookcom slash Deadcast. And I don't mention this very often, but we're also on Stitcher. I know uh, some of you found us on Stitcher. If any of you like to use Stitcher and didn't know, we're on there, so you can use us on there. You can is hear us on there. That an embroidery site? It's. I think the idea is podcasts are kind of an effort. You have to 
go to iTunes, download it, sync it, you know, or I mean, these days you can get cool apps on your phone that download them, but Stitcher treats it more like radio channels. Oh, so you that's just really open cool. this app and find the channel, our channel, and play us. That's know. cool. Yeah, I think that's the way the market Maybe you would can embroider as you're listening to us. <laughs> you can. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can. Uh, next episode is number 100. I'm still not sure whether that's going to be an interview this week. We got a couple of irons in the fire, but maybe not. Maybe you won't hear from us again until next Monday. Either way, it should be fun. A lot of you have been calling in to wish us, you know, congratulate us. So we'll play a bunch of those calls and have a couple other surprises for you guys. It should be fun. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Don't, Don't get, get bit, bit, Nick Gomez. Gomez.